A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to a BBL Supercoach special edition of Supercoach Edge. And yes, it's that time of year. Yep, it's the preseason to AFL Supercoach, otherwise known as BBL Supercoach. I do come to you solo this episode as Liam is enjoying his offseason. Well, when I say enjoy, no doubt he's putting in the hard yards study-wise to make sure he returns in 2023 in the fittest shape he's ever been, as the papers always say. He's going to be burning up the track in 2023, so... um. You're just going to be hearing my um, annoyingly vanilla, undulcet-like tones, unfortunately, throughout this episode. And there is a little bit of news, actually, before we kick it off and delve into all things BBL Supercoach, there is some news when it comes to AFL Supercoach, and it was the release of the new DPP editions for season 2023. And I won't roll through the entire list uh, because we'll be here for a little while. If we did, uh, you will find the full list across all of our social channels that is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, but I'll just you know give it, this episode a little bit of a, an AFL flavor. And it does come with uh, the notable additions with DPP. And from the top, it is Nat Five. He has been given forward eligibility. So he is a mid-forward eligible player in 2023. He's going to come in at a little bit of a cheaper price as well. Which is, uh, which is really going to help. And I think he's going to be very, very popular as well. As we know, really high upside, but comes with that injury history. So he's a be very much a, a high risk, high reward type player. Outside of him, with new DPP type players, we have Ben Cunnington, courageous player, made his return to footy after a bout of uh, battling cancer. Uh, he is selectable now as a midfielder forward, and he comes at a bit of a discount as well, you'd expect, because he didn't play too many games in season 2022. 
Uh, in terms of those players that lost DPP, there is a whole host of players here. Um, some of them we're probably not too fussed about because their form in the back half of the season especially was pretty shit. And it, it, those players are Jaden Short and, and uh, Jack Crisp, who are now mid-only players. Um, so probably scrub them off your list. Uh, Lockie Whitfield is now a mid-only, so he's going to be uh, probably not as popular now. Uh, then we have Georgie Hewitt. Georgie boy. He is now only a mid-only player. Uh, other players... We have Adam Trelaw and Will Brody, the revelation. Unfortunately, mid-only players. But the most devastatingly of the lot when it comes to um, players that have lost forward status, Bontempelli now is a mid-only player, unfortunately, for the Dogs. But it does mean that Bailey Smith is a mid-forward player, uh, which, would be, which would be really good as well. So that uh, at least um, gives us a little bit of a tasty option up forward. Uh, other players who are now defender only, uh, we have Dawson, Jack Sinclair, Nick Dacos, uh, who is a little bit of a sneaky option there um, because he could get more opportunity in the midfield for the Pies in 2023. And then we have Gussie Brayshaw of the Demons now, a defender only. And uh, I did mention Bont as like the most devastatingly in terms of a player that's that's lost a, a DPP. <sighs> Two players that uh, I think we we're all hanging our hat on that would have been selectable as a forward ruck player. Both Tim English and Rowan Marshall are now only selectable as rucks. And that, that really hurts, really hurts. But let me just offset that uh, that hurt by going through uh, the list of players that have kept DPP. And one of those players is a fellow ruckman in the form of a revelation in season 2022. And it is Darcy Cameron, selectable. Thank the Lords. Thank the super coach gods as a ruck forward. Um, so that's going to really help us uh, in terms of uh, having a bit of a ruck swing potentially from the ruck forwards. Uh, Himmelberg keeps his defender forward status, but he is going to be at a hefty price tag. And then in terms of mid forward players, uh, Joshy Dunkley now at the Lions will be a juicy option up forward. Timmy Taranto also now at the Tigs uh, should get more opportunity in the midfield for them, um, Stephen Canilio, who uh, is a mid forward and was playing a little bit more midfield time as well in the back part of the season. And you'd think without um, the the uh, the bull, Timmy Taranto and Jacob Hopper no longer there, he should get ample opportunity to reclaim his spot permanently in the midfield for the Giants. So he's going to be a nice prospect there. Then there's a couple here and one which stands out, stands out like dog's balls and it is Connor Rosie. Um, and I reckon he's scraped through by the skin of his teeth when it comes to being uh, classified as a forward because, as we know, a bulk of his time in the back part of the year for Port was played in the midfield predominantly. So he is selectable as a mid-forward. Um, then we have Zaki Butters, a bit of a burn man, the melt man, as we'll call him, um, mid-forward also for Port. And then we have Dusty Martin mid-forward and Zach Bailey mid-forward also. In terms of mid new positions, we have uh, Elliot Yo. Um, coming off a couple of injury-riddled seasons, defender only. Mitchie Duncan of the Cats, defender only. Blitzarves mid-ruck. Darcy Tucker now at the Ruse. Could get more opportunity and scoring ceiling potentially elevated off the back of that mid-forward. And then Dane Zorko as a forward only who uh, showed a bit of form when he was thrown into defense. So it's quite hilarious that he is a forward only in Supercoach. I'm not going to rattle through the, the rookie positions, but they're all pretty self-explanatory, like Ashcroft's a mid-only, um, Jai Clark, mid-only, Oliver Holland's mid-only, yada, yada, yada. Those players, those rookies, those potential cash cows, those are the guys to keep your eye on over the course of the preseason, see how they're tracking in terms of fitness, 
how they're going to fit into the uh, potential best 22 for their respective teams and whether or not they're worth starting or looking to bring in as a bit of a downgrade option in the early part of the AFL season. That pretty much rounds us out in terms of news on the AFL Supercoach front. So that means let's delve into the BBL Supercoach side of things. Obviously, for those unfamiliar with BBL Supercoach, I encourage you to get involved. It's similar to AFL Supercoach, but on steroids, really. We have multiple teams playing double games in a given round, meaning double the score. Teams on multiple buys and much, much more. So let's just say the tactics are much more intense and planning is ultra important to ensure you jag not only the best players from week to week, but also make the most of those players in teams playing more than one game in a round. And just like in AFL Supercoach, in 2022, the higher powers, praise be the Lord, at Supercoach HQ have thoughtfully granted us three trade boosts to use throughout the year, anytime, any round. Uh, and it must be mentioned as well that we have enough trades every single week that we uh, have unlimited trades. So it's like AFL Fantasy virtually. So there's no fear of running out of trades. So with those extra trade boosts on top, you're well and truly in the mix to, to bring in the strongest players, strongest team formation from week to week. So trade boosts, if you're, not, if you're not familiar with them, you do get the standard three trades every single week. And with these three extra trade boosts, it means you can use only the one extra in a round, but it gives you, it means that you've got four trades in that given round. So tactics here, we all came familiar with in AFL Supercoach and NRL Supercoach for those of you inclined to play that format. So how you best use them could help set up your season early on. So I uh, really plan ahead. Uh, I have a bit of a, a, an idea as to how I'm going to use mine in the um, the first part of the season, the first third, maybe first, first quarter of the season in BBL, uh, which I will be delving into a little bit later in this episode. But um, I won't spoil the broth until I get, uh, get until there. I'll also give you a, a bit of a brief rundown in this episode of how best to tackle the early rounds and forge ahead of the pack heading into the season so you're one step ahead. But as a bit of a special treat for this episode, I'm going to be releasing as well. There's an exclusive league that we're setting up. We might be setting up two leagues um, if we have enough space in our leagues where you, the fellow uh, Supercoach Edge brethren, the community, can join. And you can actually face off against me for the ultimate bragging rights. It's almost like our um, our golden ticket from Willy Wonka. It's our Supercoach Edge golden ticket to our league. So uh, keep a, um, an ear out for that at some point this episode. But for those of you that miss out, and for those of you that really aren't keen on, on facing me in, in the league, I do uh, encourage you to, to do, join our Supercoach group. Uh, unlimited, I guess, positions here, whereas in our league, it's capped at 10. So apologize to those people that are locked out of the league and don't join the league in time. But keep a lookout for socials because we may open up that spot for the second league. But for our Supercoach group, join us. And you can do so with the code 712640. That's 712640. So last year I finished, I think it was 500th on the dot, I think it was, potentially. Um, and I'm looking to uh, to go one better, actually 499 better and finish first overall. So um, join the league, join the group, face off against me as well and the rest of the Supercoach Edge community. And as always, you can find us via our social channels as well to keep up to date with all things news. And it is on Twitter at supercoach underscore edge 
at DamoJ88 or at L underscore Evans underscore 95 on Facebook, Supercoach Edge and Insta, Supercoach Edge also. What better way to, to kick off this episode, I guess, by delving into, uh, I can't even say the season that was because it hasn't kicked off yet. It's been kind of the pre-season that was and we've had a bit of movement and a bit of news. And last year we dealt with a whole hoopla about COVID issues, you know, with matches being abandoned, matches being rescheduled, plays being late outs due to COVID. And I'm going to say that this preseason, it will give it a run for its money because what a lead in we've had to this season. Um, and I reckon the drama's on par with the storyline ripped straight from an episode of Bold and the Beautiful. We've had positive drug tests, contracts torn up, and injuries galore, headlined by broken legs, well, a broken leg, sustained at a 50th birthday party, no less. Jeez, how random was that party? A 50th birthday party? Jesus, off the chain! Uh, which was, uh, of course, Maxi breaking his leg uh, and ruled out pretty much for the entire tournament. Even before that, I mean, all those issues that cropped up, we had, of course, the draft, the first of its kind in the BBL, um, and we had superstars really surprisingly overlooked in the form of Andre Russell, Kieran Pollard, Faf Duplessis, and more. Like these guys are stars of, of cricket in any format, but especially in T20 internationally. So, you know, that was one thing, seeing it on the night, those guys overlooked. But the irony is that they were overlooked for not being available all tournament, but such has been the number of outs across the preseason to date as luck would have it for these guys, Dre Russ and Faf in particular have since been signed as replacement players. So I think uh, Dre Russ is only going to play four games, um, the first four games, and then he goes and plays in another league. Um, but Faf, I think he's playing a portion of the tournament before he scoots off as well. So they are replacement players. Um, and yeah, just ironic, really. Among those notable outs at this stage, they read as Maxi with a broken leg, like I mentioned. Evans, who was that guy that uh, returned that positive drug test, what an idiot. Uh, had his contract torn up. Mitch Marsh for the Scorchers, out for the tournament due to injury. Phil Salt, another one who was uh, actually recruited high in the draft. Unfortunately for the Scorchers, out. I think he's got a collarbone, a shoulder issue, out for the tournament. And then Wiley as well, um, who's pulled out of the tournament as well. I think he was signed by the Thunder. And he's actually pulled out of the tournament, I think, because just his schedule was so built up. And it's hard as well, international players across the uh, Christmas period virtually um, and he just wants to spend some time with his family. So that's fair enough. I mean, he, he plays different formats and stuff and probably thinks that, you know, spending time with his family uh, because he's been away from them a little while is probably more important than earning a little bit of a uh, little bit of cash on the side playing for the BBL. So um, tip of the cap to him for um, having the, uh, the gonads to do that. And uh, some of the new additions include in the format, as I said, Faf Duplessis comes in at 80, 180K as a batsman and has the double in round two for the Scorchers. Super, super juicy. So um, keep your eye firmly on him. Siddle comes in at 151K, which is a little bit cheap, I reckon, considering he was the highest wicket taker in BBL last season and has a double first up. So there's a tick and tick there for Sid's. Uh, Sam Haynes comes in at 105k as a batsman and then Dre Russ, like I mentioned, 145k uh, as a batsman bowler. Um, and as we know, he has that really big hitting ability and um, can you know bowl uh, an over or two here or there and take a sneaky wicket. So he is an option, but keep in mind, like I said, he only plays the first four games for the Gades and actually misses. He's uh, He leaves at the wrong time because he leaves the week prior uh, or he finishes up the week prior 
um, to the Gades double. So, um, yeah, unfortunate there. But in terms of those big-name players uh, who are still under injury clouds, they include Jai Richardson from the Scorchers with the bruised heel that he's been battling with for a little while now and hasn't played any domestic cricket or any cricket of any level whilst he nurses that injury. And then Daniel Sams as well for the Thunder has a bit of an undisclosed injury. Nowhere has reported as to what the injury is, which makes it a little bit suspect, but I am hearing reports from his teammates that he will be fit to play in round one um, and hopefully the double. Um, but nonetheless, everyone's going to be starting with Sam. So even if he plays the one game, everyone's going to be hit by the same issue unless, of course, you do a sneaky, play him off the bench and loop him in, uh, which I will be delving into when it comes to loophole um, tactics a little bit later. But... Speaking of doubles, let's delve a little deeper into which teams have doubles and which have buys across the first five rounds of the season as I analyze the first portion of the season up until then with, I don't know what we call this segment. Should we call it? So unlike last season when we had Heat and Scorchers both playing a double in round one, we opened the season with not only two, but three teams playing a double game in round one. And these teams are the Stars, Strikers, and Thunder. So whilst the correct train of thought is loading up on players from all these teams to give you a full team of double round scores, be weary of overloading with the Stars as they face a bye in round two. And to a lesser extent, be mindful that the Thunder have their buy in round three. So plan ahead to make sure you have a solid game plan to switch them out um, and who you're going to trade them to, which I'll be uh, listing who you should be trading them to in a little bit uh, earlier. So uh, with the Thunder, they have the double in round one. So the appeal for those players is obvious, um, but they also have the double in round two, believe it or not. Um, so as above, don't overload your team with the Thunder players, leaving you forced to cop a donut if you don't have, don't have enough trades to trade out players uh, because they will be having the buy in round three. So they have the double in round one, double in round two, buy round three for the Thunder. So keep that in mind. Round two is also when the Scorchers play their first game of the season in what is a double round for them. So along with the Thunder, they both have the double game in that round. So keep hold of your Thunder players that week and trade out the more expensive stars who were actually on their buy in round two and bring in scorches. So start with Thunder players. Um, you could potentially start with a couple of uh, scorcher players on the bench in anticipation for their uh, double in round two. Just pull a little sneaky there. Or, you know, you can trade out expensive stars on their buy in round two to bring in scorches. So who might you ask? Faf Duplessis is the must-have batsman of the Scorchers, being the international T20 superstar of years gone by and other formats as well. And uh, he's going to come in and expected to fill one of the opening spots in the batting lineup, uh, vacated by the injured Mitch Marsh, who he's actually um, come in as an injury replacement for. So uh, he's going to be a little bit expensive. I think he's priced around about 180K. So keep that in mind when you're planning for training him in, that you have enough cash in your reserve, in your kitty, in your bank, or, you know, in terms of the players that you're trading out, that they're of a higher price point to, to make it easier to uh, bring in Faf. So uh, he is one to target. In terms of the bowlers, 
look very closely at uh, Andrew Ty, who I think from memory was the highest wicket taker for the Scorchers last season. And he's always reliable because he does have those junk time wickets. He does play the uh, the death bowler role in the, um, you know, he cleans up the uh, the tail end of, of uh, opposing teams. And then we have Ashton Agar as well, followed by Berendorf and another guy, Pistol Pete Hatsukoglu, who uh, was a nice little revelation in his first season at the, uh, the Gades a couple of seasons back. And then he was uh, signed by the Scorchers last year and, and was a handy player across the course of the season. So he comes into the season as well, I must mention, which I'll delve into a little bit more detail later um, with a little bit of form as well in their practice game. So um, he is one to keep in mind as well. And also take note in round two, the Heat also take their buy. So plan for cover if you're starting any Heat players in round one. But because of that, I don't think it's worth starting any any players, any Heat players, because you're going to be kind of shooting yourself in the foot. A majority of people I don't think will be starting Heat players in their team. Um, and if you do, you are reliant upon, you know, obviously leveraging off bench players and benching a Heat player because you're not going to trade them out for the one round given that they have the uh, double game round in round three. So I'd probably shy away from starting any Heat players, but if I was going to start any player from the Heat, it'd probably be Steckity. Um, but even then, I haven't because uh, he's ta- it would be taking up a double game spot from someone uh, from the Stars, the Strikers, and the Thunder in round one. Heading into round three, one little tip I will say is plan to potentially use one of your trade boosts to help you clear out up to four Thunder players. So if you selected that money, that is, but... Um, if you don't have uh, bench cover and if you've got more than four Thunder players, you're going to be a little bit of mischief there. And with that in mind, I would say four to five Thunder players is probably the maximum I would choose in my starting side. And then, yeah, I guess when the Thunder go on their buy, the Heat return from theirs in round three in what will be a double game round for them. So in trading out Thunder players, I'll be targeting the best of the best Heat players. Um, this includes Steckity. Billings, Swepson, and potentially Renshaw, whilst keep an eye, a very, very close eye, on a potential cash cow, boom recruit Josh Brown. And I'll explain why in the coming segment. Moving into round four, and uh, surprisingly, there aren't any double game matches in this round. They're all all single games, so um, keep going. And this is probably the time, if you're going to use your trades, look to bring in players from double game rounds that are coming up, or alternatively, look to bring in cash cows, trading out players that uh, are going to fall in price and then alternatively bringing in players that have, uh, are going to be boom recruits that have burst from the blocks and are going to make you a bit of cash. Um, that's the way to do it. I mean, BBL Supercoach, in terms of looking at cash cows, um, prices fluctuate wildly compared to AFL season. It's a it's a reduced season length for BBL um, and cash cows, whilst important, aren't as important. So you got to be sort of trading out players like they're on the stock market virtually um, because their, their steep decline is pretty steep and them making cash uh, can accelerate very, very quickly in the space of a week or two. Moving into round five, the strikers take their buy and the sixers actually take their double. So again, here the likes of uh, Abbott, Philippi, uh, Enrique, Kerr and Dan Christian top the list here for the sixers. And that point, I mean, I could delve into the rest of the season, but there's probably no use um, because it's so hard to really play devil's advocate at this point in the season because there are going to be guys like potentially Josh Brown, Tom Rogers from the Stars who just got signed, who could be cash cows. And if they actually burst from the blocks, especially, you know, Tom Rogers on a, a double for the Stars in round one, if he 
smashes out some decent scores in his first couple of games, he's going to be a nice cash cow to get. So you're going to be reprioritizing and bringing in someone like him that's a cash cow that's going to make a bit of cash in the short term. So it's so hard to really predict what's going to happen. So there's no use me predicting beyond that or helping you beyond round five. But just keep that in mind and you know, check out obviously on Twitter and across our social channels as well because I will be throwing out a bit of uh, some tidbits here and there as well as to updates with my own team, but also you know recommendations that I can give out as well in terms of who you should jump on at the right time and who you should jump off at the right time as well to really maximize your bank and your scoring potential of your team. As for how many players is a good amount of double game players to have, well, as I just mentioned, when it comes to this tactic, it comes down to how many you can cover with bench players or trades if they have a buy the following week to ensure you don't eat any donuts. The other factor to consider is also the quality of double game players on offer. And it's a big, big strategy. I think there's a lot of people and it happens every year where people get blinded by the fact that, um, you know, a certain team's on a double. So they think, oh, yep, I'm going to load up my team with double game players. No matter their their quality, their ilk, their position in the lineup, uh, in the batting order, how many overs they're going to get with the ball if they're a bowler or an all-rounder. And they just plug them into their team, no matter what, just because of the fact that they're on a double. But consider this, because sometimes playing someone, you know, like a, for example, a, a basement 42K batsman who slots low in the order and may not get a bat or alternatively, you know, a bowler who could struggle to see more than one to two overs isn't the best strategy because their scoring ceiling off the back of that is obviously capped. No matter the fact that they're playing two games, their scoring ceiling is capped off the back of that. So in these cases, if you're choosing between an out-and-out primo who's playing a single game and then, say, a, a double game, you know, 42K rookie, you'd be best served going with the primo who has the highest ceiling and the better upside. Um, there's higher chance of them actually scoring well in their single game as opposed to a, a rookie that doesn't have much, you know, form line or, you know, assurance in their side or um, this spot in the team isn't as important as, say, a, an out-and-out primo playing a single game. So keep that in mind. And it's, it's a trap that I see so many people falling into and it's, it's something that needs to really be be put at the forefront of people's minds, I think, when it comes to double game rounds. So especially in round one, when we have three teams playing double games, don't be fooled. So like I said, you know, um, best way to do it is to light up your team with double game players. Yes, but it comes down to the structure of your team. So don't go silly with it um, and load your team with, uh, with rookies that are playing a double game. Alrighty, now that is... Uh, pretty much it in terms of, of rolling through the, the structure of the first uh, five rounds of the season. Let's delve now into the tell the tape with the latest news. And the latest news comes in the form of practice games, which have been uh, occurring over the past couple of days. I think there's only been about four teams that have played practice games that we know of anyway, that have been marked down and recorded um, and yeah, I guess with that, I'll uh, be delving into these games uh, as best I can uh, in terms of um, who has the best form lines, uh, who looks like having a really good solid spot in the team in terms of batting order, uh, whether or not they're getting uh, overs with the ball if they're, if they're bowlers or all-rounders. Um, so hopefully this helps cement a bit of a better idea in terms of who to select and who to keep an eye on and who to avoid really. So the first game up is the Gades v. the Stars. And they actually have played two practice games, but the second game was washed out. So not really much use delving into that. So the first game featured 
arguably the most popular man in Supercoach. And I think he's actually the most selected man in Supercoach. And for good reason, because he comes in around about 83K, super, super cheap. Uh, he's an all-rounder. And his name is Stoinberg, otherwise known as Marcus Stoinis, a.k.a. the Hulk. Hulk smash! And he came out and played like the Green Monster, smashing 62 off 26 balls, despite being pushed down the order to fifth. And something else to put a smile on our faces was the fact that he bowled three overs, something we haven't seen him do too often in recent seasons due to injury. So there's not much more to be said really here. If you're not on Stoin, which you'd be in the minority here, get on him. Get on the Stoin rocket as it's going to the moon. <laughs> um, other players to uh, to note was uh, Joe Clark, the wicketkeeper, uh, the Pommy uh, has come across. He signed up with the Stars again. And pleasingly, he opened the batting, scoring 41 of 21 balls to break the run of ordinary form he's actually shown and carried uh, heading into the tournament. But the question remains as to whether or not this was an outlier. But I guess you could say that playing a double for the Stars in the opening round with a favorable role is probably hard to resist. But for me, one game's worth of form line isn't enough for me to, to select him. And I, I actually might use him as a bit of an antipod. Uh, a lot of people are jumping on him. And, you know, good role in the lineup, obviously, opening the batting. But uh, I, I don't know. Um, Stars have the buy in round two as well. So you're virtually having to either bench him for round two or waste your, one of your trades on him by trading him out. And then you've only got him for, for two rounds of the year. So for me, I think it's a, bit, a little bit of a waste. But um, I don't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say you're doing anything silly if you're starting him in your team. That's for sure. Uh, other players that uh, are of note, Tom Rogers, who I think I mentioned a little bit earlier, and he's no, he's not the one who plays with the Gates. Um, same name, namesake. He is actually a late signing for the Stars and surprisingly opened the batting and he stepped into Maxi's role and it probably comes down to his starting price once Supercoach added him into the game because by all reports, he should be a 42K basement price batsman. Um, and if he is, he could be one of the, the tastiest cash cow options to jump on and start in your team off the bench, I'll probably say, um, if he does come in that cheap. Um, in terms of other players, Larkin came in at fourth in the order and made a slow 28 from 26 deliveries, um, relatively cheap if you if you need a, a cheapie uh, on a double. Whilst Cartwright, the Terminator, as they call him, was the only other of note who scored 33 from 13 balls. And overall, I think this lineup from the Stars gave a fair indication of how they will suit up in the first game. However, it must be noted that Joe Burns was absent with no official word as to whether it was related to groin tightness he's experienced in recent weeks. So on the Tom Rogers side of things, he's probably the first that would make way for Joe Burns if he is you know, classified fit and yeah, makes Tom Rogers' uh, position a little bit shaky. So yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, on the bowling front, uh, for the Stars, Luke Wood took one for 23 and Nathan coulton bowled two overs with a zero for 17. The big question mark with him is whether or not they're going to play him for the first two games in round one because he is traditionally, he has been rested uh, through the seasons gone by when they've played a double, but they're the first two games of the year. Um, and I think there's probably less chance of him being rested compared to if it was a double, say, you know, at any point in the season. So he also comes in at a bit of a basement price as well. Uh, Call to Nile comes in at 103, 200 as well. So uh, he is one that's gone under the radar a little bit. Uh, he's only been selected by around about 10% of the competition and traditionally comes bursting out of the blocks in recent years. So 
he could pull a bit of a blinder in the first two games of round one, which would be super handy. For the Gades, Harper smashed 30 off 11 balls, whilst Finch cracked 79 not out off 46, and new recruit John O'Wells from at the Strikers. Rosie's back with an impressive 102 not out from 53, and he is a, a superstar when it comes to middle-order batting and uh, will be sort of taking up that mantle for the Gades. Tom Rogers of the Gades was most effective with the ball. He took three for 50 and Kelopotha, um, or Poth, Kelopotha. Uh, he took two for 30 as well, but I'm not too sure his assurance of playing in the first 11 for the Gades. So he is one that I probably wouldn't pay too much attention to unless he's selected in round one. Uh, the other intra-club uh, in this case was Heat v. Heat. And a potential boom cash cow recruit Josh Brown, like I mentioned earlier, whacked 64 of 28 in an impressive display, opening the batting alongside Heaslet for one of the teams. With a basement price of 42K and potential role opening the batting, he is certainly one to keep an eye on as a bench cheapy, uh, who you could then potentially loop off the bench if he comes out and cracks, you know, a 64 of 28 in the first game. You'd be happy with that. You'd lock in that score. Uh, other players we have for the Heat, Matt Renshaw scored 40 off 33 after opening the batting for the opposing side, whilst all-rounder McSweeney flashed some good form with 51 from 30 balls and took a wicket. And bottom price rookie Spencer Johnson was the highest wicket taker on the day with four from 34, but Borough reports he probably won't uh, start in the solid round one team for the Heat. And rounding it out, the last... Uh, intra-club we had Scorchers v Scorchers and they actually played two intra-club games pretty much back to back with the second the most notable in terms of the lineup and batting order are potentially reflective of the team they could name for the first couple of games in round two on that double of most note Bancroft opened the batting to great effect with 58 from 34 balls partnering with Hobson who only scored 19 from 18 however he did score 34 of 24 in the first practice game uh, so one that you know, could be a little bit of a cheapy. Uh, I think he's around about 70, 80 odd from memory, uh, Hobson. All rounder Hardy also wasn't disgraced with 29 of 21 balls at third in the order. But most concerningly, he didn't bowl in this second practice game or the first, where last year we saw especially he would roll the arm over and grab a, a sneaky wicket or two here and there, which would really boost his score. So if he is only designated as a, um, as a batsman in the Scorchers lineup, I would be looking very much elsewhere. Uh, Ashton Turner, meanwhile, upped his part-time bowler role to snag three for 19 and make 23 off 11 with the bat. Joe Inglis, who uh, is one of the more popular starters in round one because you can just start him uh, on your bench or in the wicketkeeper position and have uh, Jilks on the bench to loop in. Um, so he came in at fourth and he certainly want to start as, yes, that bench warmer and prep for the Scorchers double in round two as he smacked a 57 off 24. So highly impressive there for Inglis um, and will take the gloves for the Scorchers, you would think, um, ahead of Bancroft. Uh, Jai Richardson missed again with uh, ongoing bruise heel issue that's been plaguing him and there now must be serious doubt of his ability to play the Scorchers double game in round two. And rounding it out, Hatsukoglu took, Pistol Pete took two wickets to go with a threefer in his first practice game. So like I've mentioned, um, in really good form heading into this season. Um, and yeah, one that uh, you could bring in as a bit of a bit of a pot, I reckon, because a lot of people would be gravitated towards Agar, Ty, Berendorf. Um, so yeah, 
one to, to note down and potentially bring into your team for their double in round two. Because I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden chance to make my way. Well, it's that time. It's the time for the Wonka's golden ticket, the Supercoach Edge golden ticket, the secret code to reward you, our loyal listener, with the golden ticket in the form of our league code for tuning in to this fellow Supercoach Nuffy that is me. So if you're, if you're keen, jump in. Jump in very quick because I have no doubt that anyone listening to this at the moment will have like an alt tab. They'll be bringing up this super coach. They'll be punching in this code and joining the league. And the league code is 472483. So it, it is Super Coach Edge BBL Legends 472483. So jump on in, 472483. If it is full by the time that you listen to this episode, if you've got some interest in joining uh, an alternate league, which we may start up. So if there is enough interest, we can do that and we'll just tweet out the link. But uh, for those of you who uh, are listening to this right now, we'll reward you with exclusivity to the uh, to the first league. Um, so that is the code. Jump in and uh, we might try and um, organize maybe a bit of a, a Supercoach Champions ring, maybe, as a bit of a, a top prize, or we might reserve it for the Supercoach group. And... If you uh, miss out on a league spot, of course, join our Supercoach group as well. Um, so that code there is 712640 if you are keen to do so. Uh, in terms of um, what's up next, I'll just roll you through my starting strategy and lineup. So at this stage, pending no other last minute changes, I will be rolling with a full suite of 11 double game week players on field plus one on the bench. So they obviously come from Stars, Strikers, and Thunder. Um, in terms of me carrying Scorchers on the bench, uh, at this stage, I'm probably going to be carrying one to two at this stage, but it could become three. I reckon Inglis, I, I highly employ everyone to um, have Inglis in the team from round one, just, just to make it easier. I mean, it's one less trade that you have to use in round two to bring in a Scorcher. That's virtually what it is. It's saving you a trade. So... Uh, if you're starting one player like Inglis, it saves you one trade. If you're starting two players in anticipation, it saves you two trades, so on and so forth. So that's where I sit with that. And then when it comes to trade boosts, I'm going to be using it to really kickstart my team planning for double games uh, coming up early on. And like I said, the Thunder is probably the easiest way to do it. Um, they've got double games round one, round two, by round three. So use the, the you know, the trade boost to really um, activate and trade out four Thunder players potentially. Um, you can always bring them back in after their buy, but trade them out and uh, and and bring in uh, someone from the uh, the Heat, which will be on their uh, on their double for round three. And then, yeah, I, overall, I think the tactic that I always take into the year is the key is to try and plan at least two to three rounds ahead. So who have the buys coming up and who have double games, you know, could just start with extra scorches, like I just mentioned, um, in round one to save you having to use your trades um, in round two to bring those very players in. Um, and then when it comes to screening players as scores off the bench, this is an option as well. And it's probably a double-edged sword when it comes to selecting scorches in your team, uh, in a good way, of course. Because you can always, for example, um, say if I had, um, I'm trying to think, Faf Duplessis, for example, not that I'd want to start him um, because he is pretty pricey, but in your batting lineup, Faf Duplessis, had him on field, 
Obviously, he's on the buy, so you can use him as a bit of a loop player. And then you can put someone like a, a Roussel or, a, you know, Roussel hasn't had the best form line coming into this tournament. Um, very hit and miss. Another player that's hit and miss, uh, Alex Hales as well from the Thunder or, a, you know, a Chris Lynn, for example. Have them on the bench with the emergency. And then if they absolutely kill it in their first game, loop their score in, keep Faf Duplessis on field or uh, another relevant Scorchers player that's on a buy. Um or alternatively, if they stink it up, you can always uh, bring on an alternate player off the bench uh, in place of Faf in this example. Um, and then, yeah, go from there. But it's, it's really hard to, to loop in on a double game week because, as you know, they've got two bites of the cherry. So even if they even if they put up a, a stinker in round one, they could absolutely come out and smash it in round two to really atone for that and then some. And if you bypass their, um, their first up score... Um, you could really be kicking yourself. And I know that some super coach coaches out there did that um, with McDermott, for example, where on his double, he, he stunk it up, went out for like a duck or single digits in his first game. And then the second game in his, in his double game round, he came out and absolutely smashed it. And those players that didn't, didn't lock him in were kicking themselves. So that is something to weigh up and it's very much a gamble. But yeah, it's much easier to do on single game weeks and whatnot. Well, uh, that just about wraps us up on this special edition of Supercoach Edge. I might even try and do a, another um, another check-in episode, maybe at the midway point of the season, um, if anyone's keen to tune in. Um, special shout-out to the Supercoach Hubmasters League on Twitter, which I uh, actually took out last year against some of the uh, the finest and brightest when it comes to um, content creators and uh, Supercoach nuffies like myself, um, who also fill out the league. They are comprised of Honeyball, Bryce Mitchell, Supercoach Playbook, Supercoach Guns, Supercoach Adrianosaurus, and so many more. So I'll be looking to, um, you know, reclaim and keep my hold on the Iron Throne for the second consecutive season. Um, and then, like I mentioned, I have started up the um, Supercoach Edge group and league as well. So hopefully I can see you guys and girls in there. Um, but at the very least, join our Supercoach Edge Legends group. If you have any questions or in need of any last minute advice, feel free to hit us up. Like I said, on our social channels, which are on Twitter at Supercoach Edge, sorry, at Supercoach underscore Edge. Uh, you can find myself at DamoJ88 or at LEvans95. Uh, Facebook, Supercoach Edge, search that. And likewise, Insta search Supercoach Edge. And with that, thanks for tuning in for this very, very special episode of Supercoach Edge. And good luck for the Supercoach BBL season ahead. We'll chat to you soon. Catches. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.